Hello, construction company owners and managers. I'm Alan Haydorn, editor of Pavement Maintenance and Reconstruction and conference manager of the new Ignite Construction Summit, which will be held December 12th and 13th in Las Vegas. With me is Sean Van Dyke, a 20-year veteran of the construction industry, who will be one of seven presenters at Ignite. Sean will be wrapping up the second and final day of the program with his session titled, Profit First for Contractors, How to Guarantee Profits and Manage Your Cash at the Same Time. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Welcome, Sean. It's great to talk with you. Hey, Alan. Thanks for having me on. really appreciate it. Well, uh, would you like to uh, give us a brief bit of background for the contractors out there who might not know you? Yeah, this is a little bit dangerous to give my background because I started out in as an engineer. So I got a couple of degrees in engineering. I know what all contractors think about engineers. So that kind of puts me off on a bad foot. But did engineering for a while, uh, was a civil and structural engineer. And then I realized uh, sitting behind the desk, I didn't really know how to build anything. So I left engineering, got into commercial construction, did uh, project management for large commercial contractors for a few years. That led into real estate development, became a construction manager for a real estate developer and did that for a few years. That put me on the road quite a bit, building large uh, retail um, developments. And then my just was newly married at that time and and had a couple of my second kid on the way. And my wife was like, well, it's a great job, but uh, you're going to suck as a dad. So uh, you need to find something that's not going to have you on the road two or three days a week. So I started my own real estate development and construction management firm, did that for a few years, downturn in the economy, shifted, uh, started a residential contracting company, did that for several years. And then, um, I went uh, partnered with a friend of mine and was the COO of a large trim and millwork company. I uh, did that mm-hmm. for about four years, and then I started the what I'm doing now, the uh, speaking and coaching and consulting business. So now I work with contractors mm-hmm. all over the United States uh, to help them run a better business and to make more money. Well, obviously, uh, we're glad to have you at Ignite, and it sounds like you're a perfect fit in there. You, you're able to come at this then from quite a few different perspectives. Yeah, at one time back in when I was, you know, switching jobs and always keeping my resume up to date after about, oh, I don't know, 10 years or 12 years after college, I I was looking at my resume, I showed my wife and I said, "Hey, honey, this is this is kind of this is kind of impressive. You know, I've got a lot of good experience." And she took one glance at it and she said, "Or looks like you can't keep down a job." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, yeah, that's uh depends on how you look at it, but yeah, I've uh I've been around construction, in and out, and around construction for over 20 years now. Gosh, it's crazy to say that. Um, and looking back on it, I just see how how every opportunity and one job led to the next. And uh, and I would have never, I never would have put it together this way. But I'm so thankful for my experience, and and uh, I'm really happy to be able to bring that amount of experience to my clients and the contractors that I work with. Well, we know that uh, that experience is going to carry through uh, when you when you uh, present at Ignite. But let's let's talk a little bit broadly from the start at the start here. You know, your your book, Profit First Profit First for Contractors, uh, it's designed to help contractors become, and I'm going to use the air quotes here, permanently profitable because that's a term that you use. Um, and uh, I know it's I think that book has spent some time at the top of Amazon's uh, financial books list. So congrats on that. Yeah, thank you. You use the abbreviation. Uh, PFC, Profit First for Contractors, and you've developed 
what you call a PFC mantra, that profit is not an event, it's a habit. And I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that in a second, but uh, can you tell us where that idea came from? I mean, where did you learn along, what did you do along the way, or what did you learn along the way that made you realize contractors treat profit, you know, as an event more than a habit? Yeah, well, it was really came from an experience I had in running my construction business and any contractors out there, I'm sure that they've had the same experience where you spend a few years getting up and going and then you start getting more work and your name gets out there and your reputation grows and then a few years go by and money's coming in and money's going out and you don't really know all the financial stuff, but you think, hey, I must be making money and you're constantly checking the bank account. Then, hey, there's there's some money, there's some money there, or there's more money than I've ever seen there, and then it disappears, and then it comes back, and and then somewhere around, you know, if you're on top of it, February, March comes around, and you have that conversation with your accountant, and your accountant says, hey, congratulations, you're profitable, and you say, good, I, I was hoping so, uh, and he said, and uh, you owe the government twenty thousand dollars, and then you're like, well, wait a minute, how? How can I owe the government twenty thousand dollars? I don't. I'm looking at my bank account. I'm looking at the bottom of this profit and loss statement thing that you gave me. I don't have twenty thousand dollars, you know. And you you start to realize, well, wait a minute. All that money coming in isn't actually my money. And so uh, it was, you know, it took several years into my business to realize this. And I just said, okay, I don't know all of the complicated tax stuff. But I know that I had this amount in revenue last year, and I ended up owing a big this a big chunk of money to the government. So going forward, I'm going to take that amount of money that I owe to the government and divide it by my income. And I'm just going to guess that if I can increase my margins and do better next year, then I'll most likely owe the government even more money. So I'll just come up with a simple percentage and set that aside, at least for my taxes, every time I get a check. And the next year went by and I was just doing that. I didn't know and didn't understand any of the complicated financial or tax laws, but I knew the percentage. Every time I received a check, some portion of that was the government's and I stuck that aside. And I didn't do any complicated financial calculations. And the next year Mm -hmm. uh, went by and had a conversation with my CPA and they said, Sean, I got some bad news for you. And I said, oh, gosh, what's you know, what's that? He said, well, you owe money to the government. I said, well, how much? He said, well, it looks like you owe you know, $5,000. I said, oh, well, that's great. I've got that sitting in the bank because I had a better year that year. I had upped the percentage I was sending to the government every quarter, and I was sticking some more aside. And so what he thought was bad news, I said, oh, that's no problem because I've already got that sitting aside. And it solved one of the biggest problems for contractors is understanding the taxes. Now, again, I don't didn't know all of the complicated financial stuff or the, the the tax laws, but I knew that in general, this year I paid X amount in taxes and that was a certain percentage of my money. So going forward, next the next year, I'll set that same percentage aside or maybe a little bit more if I plan on doing better. And that served me year after year. And I never had to worry about my taxes again. Now, my accountant made some adjustments and we tweaked a few things. But in general, the money was always there. And so I started treating other aspects of my business in the same way. And so then... Recognition and, and then the, activity, the action that made it become a habit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wish that I could say that I was smart enough to 
develop what's known as the profit first method. I didn't come up with that. I just developed it or translated it into uh, uh, the book for contractors. My friend and my now my mentor, Mike McCallowitz, developed a system that that probably a lot of people have heard about profit first. And when I read his book and I went through that system, I said, wow, this is exactly what I teach my clients. And it's exactly how I looked at my business in, in the profit first way. Uh, it's just marketed better and it's packaged better. So I kind of tweaked the way I was running my businesses and what I was teaching my clients to fit the profit first, because it was essentially the same thing. I was just translating uh, what came out of the profit first model that was written for overall general businesses and made it very specific to the construction industry and uh, went through the certification program to become a profit first professional and spoke with Mike. And I said, hey, Mike, you know, this book, I think, would really serve contractors. There's a few changes that need to be made to it so that they would understand the specifics in the construction industry. And here's how I would change the book. And Mike said, well, why don't you just write the book? And I thought, is, is that how you write a book? You you just take somebody else's idea and translate it? He said, yeah. You know, so we worked out a deal and um, and he said, I want you to take profit first and I want you to develop it for contractors and uh, we'll have about three or four months to do it. So get started. So I started rewriting the book, taking the profit first system and developing it, developing it specifically for contractors. And um, and that's that's what what you see out there today. And I think be because contractors are so desperate for this information, not that they can't do the financial stuff. They just need someone or some way to translate it that makes it very easy for them. And that's what I break down in the book is, you know, you only have 100% of your budget to spend. If you spend more dollars than, than 100%, you've got some problems. So every check that you receive, that's where we get into the system. Some of that money is your profit. And we want to set that aside first. That's where the name comes from. Uh, and so we set the profits aside. And when we make a profit, then we're going to pay some taxes. So we need to set a certain percentage aside for that. Now that we've got those two very important things taken care of, then we need to set some money aside for the owner's compensation. And that's a real struggle for many, most construction business owners is they're not paying themselves what they're worth. If they had, if they couldn't work, they couldn't afford to hire somebody at the level that they're paying themselves. So we solved that problem too, and we set some money aside for owner's compensation. Now that we've got the most important things dealt with first in our business, profit, tax, and owner's compensation, then what we have left over is what we call our operating expenses or OPEX. And if there's not enough money left over in the operating expense, then we don't steal it from the profit or the tax or the owner's compensation. Those things are why we went into business. Well, we don't go into business to pay taxes, but it's just a result of making a profit. And so if we don't have enough money left over to pay our expenses, then we don't steal it from those account, those other accounts. We change the way we operate our business, which means we have to raise our prices. Those well, accounts essentially become fixed accounts then. Yeah. Yeah. And so so every single financial report from the accounting world is set up with this simple equation. This is a very simplified equation. It's sales minus expenses equals profit. And that's how your profit and loss statements set up, cash flow statements, balance sheets, right? The money that comes in is that's where we start. And then we spend a bunch of money running the business and whatever's left over, we call that profit. And unfortunately, it works very well mathematically, but it doesn't work at all 
when we consider our human behavior. Because contractors and most other business owners don't run to their spreadsheets or their profit and loss statements or their balance sheets to figure out how much money they have. What do you think they do? What's the one place everybody goes to see how much money I have right now? They go to the bank. We, we go check the bank account. That's right. It tells the real story. And the thing about the accounting world, I'm not saying it's wrong. Mathematically, it is correct, but it doesn't match our human behavior. So when we run to the bank account, that tells the real story. I've got money in the account. Oh, I can make payroll or I've got money in the account. I'll buy that tool or that, that equipment or I'll rent a bigger shop because I can see the money right there. That tells the real story. No one goes to their profit and loss statement, especially construction business owners, because it's the, the, the profit and loss statement, well, it's open to interpretation. And a lot of contractors I know out there have looked at their profit and loss statement. They see a positive number maybe at the bottom of that, but then they go look at the bank account and say, I don't understand where the money is. And accounts will tell you, oh, well, that profit on the profit and loss statement that's just a profit on paper. You didn't actually make that much. Then they throw their hands up in the air and they say, okay, well, I, I can't figure this stuff out. I'll just live out of my bank account. So profit first for contractors actually leverages what is a bad habit and makes it a good habit. But what we've got to do is we've got to set up these accounts so that we, we set up some different bank accounts so that every time we receive a check, we take our profit and we set it aside and we protect it. We set, now we've, we set aside some taxes and we protect it in a different bank account and we set aside our owner's compensation. Then when we check the bank account and we're looking at the operations account or the OPEX account, that's the money that we have to spend. And when we don't have enough money to spend, then we go out. We generate more business, we get more efficient, we trim the fat, and uh, we increase our margins for our business. So it takes what is a bad behavior, what's called bank balance accounting. Oh, do I have any money? Good, I've got some money, I'll go spend it. Uh, and then when I don't have any money, oh, crap, what am I going to do? I go generate more business, I put on a spending freeze, or I figure out ways to get by. And if we can figure out how to get by on less when, when the bank account is low, then that's how we should operate all the time. And when we can set our profits aside first and our taxes and our owner's comp compensation, these very important things, then our businesses become very efficient. And we realize that we still need to do the accounting. We still need the accountants and the bookkeepers to do that, but we can manage the cash by what's called bank balance accounting. And it's just, it, it, it goes along with how humans, how our brains are wired. We go to the easiest thing first, and we know the money in the bank account, that tells the real story. And you're going to be talking a little bit about how to uh, evaluate those financial, or how to set up and evaluate those financial reports when you speak at Ignite, aren't you? I think that's one of the points that you're going to be talking about. Yep, that's, that's, the big, that's one of the big keys there is to say, okay, here's what, here's what your financial reports are telling you, and here's what they're not telling you. And then here's what the cash in the bank is telling you, and then the link between the two, and how we can set up some rules to make sure that we are leveraging our human behavior, our good habits, or, or taking those bad habits and, and, and making good habits out of them. And the key to it is we're going to start very small. Small, consistent steps over time lead to be becoming permanently profitable. Is is there in in your uh, consulting you know, uh, business when you've talked to all these different contractors? Does there seem to be one major thing that gets in the way of contractors putting profit first? Is there one major hurdle that, or one more common hurdle that uh, uh, you have to help them get over? 
Well, yeah, I'll I'll say there's probably two of the most common common things that I run into. And and I have I no longer get surprised by the size of the company anymore. I used to I used to be surprised when I talked to a construction company that's doing 10, 12 million dollars just because they usually have office staff and people that are educated in these things, but they still miss the most fundamental thing in the construction business. And that is the difference between margin and markup. They aren't applying markup correctly to produce the margin that they need. And they often confuse the two terms and they use them interchangeably. interchangeably. So that's the first problem that I usually work on explaining and we work through how how that works. The second issue that I see that, that we have to kind of correct is that they'll get some advice from their CPAs and their CPAs will say, you should pay yourself, and this is for the owner, you should pay yourself through owner's draws or owner's distributions. And that's it, not wrong. The CPA is saving them some tax liability there. But the problem is they don't explain that owner's draws or owner's distributions don't show up on the profit and loss sheet. So if you're an owner of a construction business and you work in the business, let's say doing business development, project management, estimating, design work, whatever that is, then if you're compensating yourself through owner's draws, then that money doesn't show up on the profit and loss statement. If And the profit and loss statement is how you determine what your markup is so that you can pay for your expenses, your margin, and have a profit remaining. So that's another big hurdle that we got to kind of get over to say, hey, save some money, pay yourself through owner's distributions uh, according to your CPA's advice. But understand, I always say it like this, it's kind of morbid. If you got hit by a bus and you couldn't work in your business and you're laid up in the hospital bed, you can still own the company from the hospital bed. You don't have to work in the company to own it. But if your profit and loss statement, the way that you charge for your work, doesn't compensate for someone doing the 17 different jobs that you do within your company, then you're going to have to raise your prices from the hospital bed in order to hire that person that's doing business development and estimating and the superintendent and project manager. And when they see that there's some money over here on the balance sheet and it doesn't show up over here on the profit and loss, and they say, well, I'm going to really have to raise my prices by 20 or 30 percent in order to pay for myself to to properly compensate for the value that I'm that I'm providing. I say, yeah, that's exactly right. And they say, well, my clients don't want to they they don't want to pay my prices now. They won't want to pay 20 or 30 percent more. And I say, that's the key. We're going to find you better clients because that's the only way to stay in in business and grow a construction business is you have to charge for the value of the work that you provide. And so many construction business owners are not paying themselves enough to replace themselves if they didn't work. Right. And so and one of the underlying themes, you kind of referred to it there, one of the underlying themes of, of your consulting business, but also this session, is to get them, get contractors to understand that bigger isn't necessarily better. Is that right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I'll talk to a lot of contractors and I'll say, Hey, what are your, you know, what are your, some of your goals for the next six to 12 months? And a lot of times they say growth, I want to grow. And I'll say, why? And I don't mean it in a bad way. There's no wrong answer to that. But a lot of times contractors are chasing that top line number, the top line revenue thinking. And this gets back to your original question about uh, profit is not an event. Profit is a habit. They say, well, 
when I get to be a $2 million company, then I'll be profitable. When I get to be a $5 million company, then I'll be profitable. And I say, if you're not profitable at $2 million, there's no way you'll be profitable at $5 million because undisciplined growth will put you out of business just as quickly as running out of cash. And that's what we see a lot of times is as we grow. And I've always said this is I would rather my clients run a million uh, or a $500,000 company making 6% net profit than a million dollars making 3% net profit because the cash is exactly the same, but the headaches are probably quadruple. So a lot of times contractors think growth, 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 more sales, more sales, more sales, but what they're selling and at the margins they're selling, it's not enough to generate a profit. And so that's why I say, okay, if profit is not an event, someday in the future when this thing happens, then we'll be profitable. If I could just hire some more people and have some more crews, then I'll be profitable. If I could get another truck on the road, a service truck and, and staff it with people, then I'll be profitable. If I could just get the right project with the right architect in the right area, then I'll be profitable. And I say, nope, profit's never going to happen like that. You have to build profits into your business every month, every week, every day. Everything that you do has to generate a profit because sometimes mistakes happen and we don't always achieve some of those profits. So we need a profit built into everything that we do constantly That way we stay out of debt and then we can grow our business when we have cash. Or another way to look at it is as we grow, we need a plan for profits so that we may, as we scale up, we may need to finance certain certain expansions of our business. Maybe it's equipment, maybe it's property, something else. Well, the best way to do that is with a proven plan for profits. But a lot of times construction business owners skip over that and just say, if I get the bigger shop, we'll have more space, then I can then I can make more profits. They'll never and they they never had a history of making a profit. Then those expenses grow, the the debt goes up, they get lines of credit, and then they turn around five years later and they're still chasing that growth. And their one mistake, their one recession or their one correction, a one call from their account says, oh by the way, you owe 50 grand in taxes and they don't have the money and then they're out of business. Well, I know one of the, the uh, goals of your session is going to be to help provide them with that proven plan uh, to in- incorporate profit into everything that they do. Uh, let, let's change uh, direction just a little bit here. It probably overlaps, I think. Um, I know you have an, uh, you've authored another book called The, uh, the Paperwork Punch List, uh, which is essentially a, a guide to, for contractors to help them streamli- streamline their operations. And I guess what I'm wondering, is there a relationship between what you teach in the paperwork punch list and what you teach as your approach to profit? Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all connected. I mean, business is business is business. And what I'm teaching or what I lay out in the paperwork punch list, when I was starting my coaching uh, business, I thought, man, what is the most valuable information that I could give to contractors to help them out, make make money right now. And I'm a systems guy. I used to be COO of a large construction company. And so I'm a systems and 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 numbers guy. And what I found, I kind of stumbled up upon this in my own construction business too, is I got sick and tired of running around giving away a bunch of free work. And you see it plastered everywhere. Free estimates, free estimates. And what what a lot of contractors do is they're giving a, they're giving out free work instead of free estimates. And I say an estimate is just a guess based on your experience. If you want me to come out 
meet with you on site, put a plan together, uh, give you options, go over all the different pricing. Well, that's work and professionals get paid for work. So one of the things I'm trying to accomplish in the paperwork punch list is to show and teach contractors the difference between a free estimate and a proposal and how quickly you can give a free estimate if you know your numbers saying, oh, well, we looked at that uh, that project and that should be a $200,000 project. And then you ask the client, what's your budget? And if they don't give you a number, that's okay. You're a professional. You know what the number needs to be because you've done this before. Uh, it also gets into systems about tracking time and tracking your estimates and how to stop guessing on your estimates. I mean, when we all start out, we have to guess sometimes. But as we go forward, when we get more data and more experience, then we're always constantly looking back and reverse engineering our estimates to show exactly what we need to charge in order to make a profit. And that leads into the, the profit first stuff. Same sort of thing. We're reverse engineering our business and profit first to match the money that we have in our expenses. Same thing with the paperwork punch list is we're using data. We're using these systems to track and to estimate jobs so that we can actually make a profit. So the paperwork punch list was a very early attempt at me getting my name out there, adding a lot of value and breaking down uh, for contractors the things that I had experienced and some of the systems that I had built running my different construction businesses. And like I said, I'm a numbers guy, I'm a spreadsheet guy. You just can't know uh, where you need to be if you don't track time, materials, and profits and look back and and develop some historical data so that you can use those to project uh, your your prices going forward and then how to use those systems to constantly update and um, and project out where your business needs to be. Well, I tell you, it certainly sounds like we've got the right guy to be anchoring the last day of that uh, Ignite Construction Summit, and I look forward to talking with you out there, and it was great talking with you now. As I recall, you're going to be flying out from Boston to get to make it to Vegas for us, aren't you? Yeah, well, fingers crossed everything goes well. I'm going to, uh, I think it's, well, however it works out, the day before that, I'm going to be giving uh, a speech. And it's uh, literally as soon as I'm done with the speech, it's hop back in the rental car, drive to Logan Airport, jump on the plane, fly out, and then I will be uh, appearing with you guys the next day. So fingers crossed all the weather holds up and flights and all of that kind of stuff. But uh um, come hell or high water, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out there and make this event because I'm really, really looking forward to being out there. Well, thanks. We appreciate that, you know, uh, and we look, for, I look forward to meeting you out there. And it was great talking with you today. Um, this is Alan Haydorn for the Ignite Construction Summit. For a complete description of Sean's session, as well as other Ignite details, visit uh, www.igniteconstructionsummit.com. 